0: Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber.
1: Thank you, Steve. Today I'm interviewing one of the co-hosts of two popular RV-related shows, one of which is about camping and the other pertaining to RVing in New England. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course and community produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50-plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on every topic. There's no wrong time to get started, so for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. John DiPietro is originally from the Boston area where he worked in radio for most of his career, first in advertising and later behind the microphone. Almost seven years ago, he partnered with Bob Zagami, the executive director of the New England RV Dealers Association, to launch a weekly live show that was produced every Wednesday on Facebook. Called RVing in New England... The show started by talking about places to visit in that region, as well as speaking with the owners of nearby businesses that support our viewers. The strange thing was that the content became so popular that people from all around America started listening in to hear John and Bob banter back and forth with their guests, who came from all walks of life and from all over the country and even Canada. The popularity of that show attracted the attention of the folks behind the RV Life network of websites who reached out to Bob and John three years ago to talk about producing a nationwide video show called The Camper Report, which comes out every Friday. For that, Bob generally interviews a corporate icon about what's happening in the RV industry, and John focuses on the fun side of what people can do with their RVs. John interviews campground owners, people who work at tourist attractions, and people who just love to camp. During our interview, John describes some of the many things people can do when they visit the New England area. But more importantly, he strongly advocates for people to find jobs work camping in New England so they can have an entire season or two to truly enjoy all that the region has to offer in terms of scenic beauty, history, and culture. Later, John describes an adventure he took with his wife this summer, which they called the Do It Now Tour, to encourage people to stop dreaming about RVing someday, but to do whatever it takes to do it now while they're still young enough and healthy enough to enjoy the journey. To tell us more about his life, his work, and the many reasons why people should stop talking about RVing someday and just do it now, please welcome online personality John DePetro to the show. Thanks for joining me today, John. I appreciate your time. So tell us, where are you from?
0: Greg, I am from Massachusetts, from a tiny little town just outside of Springfield. And for the past 50 years or so since college, have resided halfway between Springfield and Boston in a town called Worcester. So we're having fun here, and we love it.
1: You don't sound like you're from Boston.
0: I say father and car. My wife says father and car over here and over there. That's the difference that 50 miles makes in New England.
1: Is it really? That's cool. Before you started all of this, what did you do for a living?
0: I was in the radio TV biz, primarily on the sales side, because I saw when I went for my first interview that the nice cars in the back of the building were owned by the salespeople and the old beat up cars in front were owned by the people that were on the air. And my original plan was to be on the air, but that changed dramatically when I saw the results of people that were on the air for 20 years, they're still driving old beat up cars. I opted for the other side of the business. And then after I retired from the sales side, they called me back and said, do you want to be on the air? So I've had the thrill of being on both sides of the microphone and it's really a cool thing. And it really has propelled me into the RV industry as well.
1: Is it true that your mother said you had a face for radio?
0: Many times, (laughs) many times. And, And you know what, Greg, she's not the only one that you can quote as saying that.
1: That's too bad. You've done a phenomenal job though with an online presence in that you have partnered with one of our mutual friends, Bob Zagami, who has been on this show, but years ago. And you are now a co-host of the RVing in New England podcast and the Camper Report video, which is done and available on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Yep.
0: They're both available on YouTube and the RVing in New England. Now we've done for six and a half years and we're in our Third year of the Camper Report Show, which is part of the RV Life Network, which has about 1.8 million members. So we're very blessed to be able to do something that we love doing. And you say we're working in the RV industry, but when you're working in the RV industry, you're having fun in the RV industry at the same time.
1: What is the content of the show?
0: The show that we do called the Camper Report Show, we have it broken down where we banter a little bit and talk about what we're going to talk about. Then we talk about what we talk about, and then we say what we talked about. That's the whole show. No, that's the fast-forward version. We do a news segment with all the breaking news of the industry, and then Bob does a story generally on an industry icon, whether it's Bob Tiffin or whether it's Bob Martin or whether it's Mike Happy, the president of, of Winnebago. And I do the softer side, and I deal with the fun people. I deal with the campers and the people that run campgrounds. And the people who work at those facilities and work in tourist attractions and that type of thing. So he does the hard work. I have the fun part and I don't want to change it.
1: And then for the RVing in New England podcast, you're just focused pretty much exclusively on companies and things to do in that region.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We were thinking about changing that, the title of that show because It's gone national. Obviously, when you're on Facebook, you go national. Just last night when we were doing our show, we had people from South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, California, Texas, South Carolina, Florida. So I said, Bob, maybe we should change the the show to the title RVing from New England because it really is a national show as well. But we do a lot of New England-based because the sponsor of the show is the New England RV Dealers Association. So we certainly need that connection to do the show.
1: There is plenty of places to visit, though, in New England. I talked to a lot of RVers and work campers who have it on their bucket list to go to New England. Why do they need to do that?
0: Here's the thing. When we went right on the rocks of the Atlantic Ocean and had lobster, and uh, that's in the fall that we did that, but we can also go up to the mountains. We can go to the seashore. Uh, Let's see, how many states in New England have seashores? Maine, New Hampshire. Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, they all have seashores. You can also go skiing in the white mountains of New Hampshire or the green mountains of Vermont, and the fall foliage time is when the RVers really come to New England in droves. That's a hit or miss kind of time because sometimes the leaves can all be gone by Columbus Day, or like this year, they hadn't even started to turn by Columbus Day, New England is a year round destination and we welcome people that are RVers or non-RVers to New England 12 months of the year.
1: You made a very good point because a lot of people hear about New England and its beauty, but the weather can play and inf- or it can influence that and so can just the climate, the timing of it, the colors and things. It can snow early, it can snow late, whatever the case might be. So work camping in New England would be an ideal thing because people are there for an entire season. They get to enjoy and experience the entire aspect of living in New England.
0: And you know what? The interesting thing is if you work camp the entire season, you come in April and you still got a little bit of cold stuff coming to to deal with a colder weather. But you get a little bit of the mud from the snowmelt. And again, if the last snow was in late March, again, if you're up in northern New England, you can be dealing with that. But at the same time, you've got real two seasons in New England within one season because you've got the spring and the fall. And then you've got the hot summertime. In order to escape the hot summertime, if you don't like beaches, you can go to northern Vermont, almost in the Canadian area, or you can be down in the southern coast of Connecticut Or Connecticut has several campgrounds in the interior sections of the state. So New England is a great way to work camp. And I think one of the things that people should understand is that when you are a work camper, you're not necessarily subject to doing the exact same job all season long. There might be people that haven't started, but they come late during the season. So they, you want to switch with them. You can do that. And if you're not a people person. You don't have to be face to face. You can do maintenance work or other jobs or back office work with computers and handling reservations. But there's so many options for work camping. And I said to my wife, we just hit 70, roughly. But when my wife retired on a Friday, on Monday, she started babysitting for our first grandchild. And this coming June, our sixth and final grandchild, so far, as far as we know, it'd be a miracle if there were more, goes finishes preschool. So we're done as far as babysitting is concerned. And I said to my wife, we should do the work camper thing starting in July and try a month here, a month there. We know enough people in the industry that to write about it, to really talk about what work camping is, I think you really have to do it. Wouldn't you agree,
1: Greg? I would agree. To really explain it to people, you have to have done the jobs.
0: And the other thing with work camping is this. People spend, you spend five-sevenths of your life doing something that you might not necessarily want to do at a place you don't want to do it with people you don't want to do it with. So you get two days off, okay? Now, since COVID, that's changed a little bit because people have more mobility. They're not not locked in a cubicle. People say, oh, wow, you're locked in a cubicle. You have mental shackles on you. And they all say, you know what? When I retire, I'm going to do this. When I retire, I'm going to do that. The fact is, you're not guaranteed making it to 65 or 70. And you hear about all these stories about people. I heard of one story where a person was ready to hit the road on Monday, had the RV, they bought the RV, had it, and died on Friday, two days before.
1: That's horrible.
0: Terrible. Absolutely terrible. You know what? If you've got the capability, even say, for example, your school, your school teachers, a husband, I'm stereotyping, but I'm talking the traditional husband, wife, family, that you're both school teachers and your kids are getting a little older, try it yourself one summer for July and August. And I'm sure that campgrounds will have space for you. It's not mandatory that you start on April 1st and work until October 31st. Every campground in every region has its own kind of set of rules. And I think today flexibility is the byword of the, of the industry.
1: I've heard a lot of teachers take the summer off and go work camping uh, as a way to just pass the time while between the end of school and the time they start again. It's just a great opportunity for them to see and experience a different part of the country.
0: And here's another thing that I think is a misconception, Greg, is that people think that, oh, you volunteer this. No, sir, ma'am, you don't volunteer this. In most cases, like I know, for example, with our friends at Blue Water that operate KOAs, they operate some Jellystone, they operate some independent parks, okay? Their whole thing is you get your site at no cost, which can be very expensive depending on where you are, but you also get paid. And it's not you're getting paid under the table, you're getting, it, it's a real business, folks. It's a real business. So for those that say, oh, I can't afford to take the summer off, We're not taking, telling you to take the summer off. We're telling you to go somewhere and do something that you love and live for free and get paid for it. What more can you, what more can you ask for?
1: It's a win-win situation. Absolutely. You, I like how you had mentioned that work campers are ambassadors to the RV lifestyle. What do you mean by that? Most
0: people that are going to be work camping have some degree of experience being RVers. And since 2020, when our friend, Mr. COVID hit, everybody thought, oh, wow, this is going to be terrible for the RV industry and the camping industry. As it turned out, it was probably the, it was probably their best booster for interest in RVing. When you get a first timer going out and they're going to a campground and Your work camper is the one that's taking them to their site. The experienced work camper knows that this person has never driven an RV before based upon what happened when they put the vehicle into reverse and uh, things didn't turn out right. So many times what I have seen them do is just stay with them, make them feel comfortable when hooking up their power, when hooking up their water, when hooking up their cable, when leveling their rig, that type thing. So many times the work campers are the first person's in the industry that they really meet outside of the salespeople that they bought it from at the dealership with a good attitude and um, a little bit of patience with a new camper, a work camper can be the one who decides if that new camper is going to like it or not. Because if you get a jerk for a guide to bring you to your site and they take off, let's say it's nighttime, you get there late. Backing, I don't care, Greg, backing anything up at night is not a fun thing to do. And your traveling part party doesn't want to get out behind you to back you up because they know you don't know what you're doing. But no, they can be ambassadors because they're the face of camp.
1: That's a very good point that they're the first people generally that they'll encounter out in the campground will be work campers. And the work campers can really make or break it for those. Make arrivators. or break. Right.
0: And I have seen people that are at the front desk or on the telephone. That shouldn't be anywhere near the front desk or the telephone. How do you tell them that? If you tell the manager, they might not even realize it. And if they don't realize it, see, you're not going to get treated the same at every campground. There are some people that got into the campground business the wrong reason. That's a hard business. That's a difficult business. It's not something, you know what? I did my time in the Air Force or Army or military or whatever. I'm going to go buy a campground and take it easy. And Mm -hmm. if you do, you're not going to last long.
1: Campgrounds require a lot of work. That's why they need work of, campers. A lot of work. But there are many, many more positive work campers out there than there are negative ones. And that's oh, yeah, many be, likely absolutely. because they're doing what they want to do.
0: You know what, Greg? They spent 40, 50 years doing what they didn't want to do in order to do what they want to do in their final years. The shackles are off and they're free to go. Like Southwest Airlines had that little commercial that says, You're free to move about the cabin. Now you're free to move about the country. And Never have to pay for a campsite again if you want to do it properly.
1: That's right. And get paid. Yeah. Not only and get, get the pre campsite, but also get paid. That's one, a of pretty good the things, deal. Yeah, one of the great things about work camping. Yeah. Now you tried yeah. to drive that point home this year by going out on a do-it now tour. Talk about what you did and how you came up with that idea.
0: The do it now tour came about last just about a year ago. Or not quite a year ago, right after the start of the new year in January where we had planned to take a at least a month-long trip down the East Coast because, again, we're located in New England, so we're not going to try to do a California trip and back in a month. So we figured down to Florida and back. Rolls around, and March rolls around, and you're seeing these stories about high gas prices, and everybody was saying, oh, I'm going to put the trip off till next year. So I said, wait a minute, when you hit 60 years old, You're one doctor's office visit away from bad news. I hate to be negative. I'm just being practical here. You're not guaranteed longevity. You're not guaranteed 20 years of good health after retirement. So I said, all these people that that have done this started doing research online and asking people, do you wish you had put off retiring or buying an RV or going full time? Anything to do with RVing. You wish you had waited later. And you know what? It was like 99 to 1. I'm glad I did it when I did. And most people say, I wish I had done it five minutes, five minutes, five years sooner. I said to my wife, look it, I'm not putting this off. We're not putting this off. And she agreed with me. And we were taking a, one of our grandkids with us. And we just said, look it, we just got to do it, do it. No, we, gotta, we just got to do it now. Just do it was already taken by Nike. So <laughs> we had to change that a little bit. Just do it now. Because now is the only time that you have control over. You don't have control over what's happened. And you don't have any control over what's going to happen. The only time you have control is now. So do it now. And we found some great companies that would, um, would sponsor us and be part of the program. And we just had a blast. We just did about, about 28 days. We had to come back for a wedding. So we had a hard stop date. The other thing I learned from the tour is don't go to Florida in July, unless you want to stay in your RV (laughs) all day or stay by the pool all day, but It was just a blast. And we're looking, consulting partner, Mr. Zagami said, you know what? We should do two of those next year. I'll do one, you do the other. And uh, so we're talking about going up into Southern Canada and over to Michigan and Wisconsin. My granddaughter found out that Wisconsin Dells, you're a Wisconsin guy. I am. That Wisconsin Dells has more water parks than any other concentrated area in the country. Is that right?
1: That's Right. It's brilliant oh. because the Wisconsin Dells has always been a summer vacation destination. But what the resorts realized is if we build a water park and put it indoors, then people will come during the winter and spend winter. time with us.
0: Yeah. Where are you going for your winter vacation? Oh, we're going up to Wisconsin. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going up to Wisconsin. I just realized that, as I said, Greg's a Wisconsin guy, but that's what we want to do and maybe do the UP, which we've never done before. I do a little bit of Ontario and Quebec. So- That's our plan. I don't know whether Zagami's going to do the Midwest or just what, but we're looking forward to it. We're going to start talking to sponsors again for next year.
1: When you had talked about doing it now, that's a message that John and Kathy Huggins at Living the RV Dream have been professing forever. And that's what Kathy says is the only thing you'll regret is not doing it earlier.
0: Not doing it. And then she came across some bad health and had to get off the road.
1: An excellent point. They RV'd you know. for 10 years, starting in their late 50s, yep. uh, is when they started. And then Kathy developed a very serious health problem that pulled them right. off the road shortly yep. after most people would normally consider retiring and yep. then starting their RV trip at that point. Excellent yep. point, John.
0: Yep. Yeah, you got to do it now, Greg. And as far as resources, I mean, Work Camper News is certainly the premier source for work camping jobs and that type of thing. But e- even if you don't want to go national, And you've gone to the same campground year after year as a camper. Why not about what kind of jobs might be available there? So many ways. And from what I know from talking to our camper friends, our campground operators, they really need your help. People don't want to work anymore.
1: That's very true. You You had also mentioned another myth that people have. The gas prices are high. So we're not going to do our trip this year. We're not going to go RVing. We're going to do a staycation at home or whatever the case might be. And if people actually took time to think about that, they would realize that even if they get ten miles per gallon on in their RV, that to take a one thousand mile trip is only going to cost them an additional hundred bucks if gas prices are a dollar higher or two hundred dollars if they're two bucks higher. Yep, just silly to put off the entire vacation that you've been dreaming about and planning about by using gas prices as an excuse. There are other ways that you can touch it. So you you don't eat out one meal a week and it helps. 50 bucks right there. There you go. That's it.
0: And that's with two people. And I don't even have a drink when I eat. Our meals are 50 bucks. The other thing you need to keep in mind when you're comparing types of vacations is Airline travel today is horrendous. It, you get people that are on planes that, that are just discourteous. I'm not talking the crew, I'm talking fellow passengers. But for example, the other day we were flying to Las Vegas and it was a five hour flight, we're going out to a convention. And in order for me to get a six o'clock flight from Boston, I had to leave my house at one o'clock. So. I had to leave in order to deal with Boston traffic, to deal with finding a spot at the airport, and to then wait two hours after going through security. So it took me longer to get from my house to the boarding gate (laughs) than it did for the flight. And then when you're on the flight, I don't care what anybody says, they've added a few more rows on every plane because- That's right. You know what? And I'm 5'10", 5'11". But when your knees are hitting the chair in front of you, and then you got the guy in front of you that's six foot seven, that as soon as that plane, as soon as those wheels go up, that chair is in full recline position and his head is in your face, it's not a fun thing to do. But in an RV, you want to leave early. If you run into traffic, pull off the side of the road, sleep for a couple hours. You want to drive early in the morning? Before the rush hours, traffic, depending upon where you're located, leave early in the morning, and then the rest of the group can still be sleeping in the back. That's right. So many advantages. So many advantages.
1: And another one that people don't talk about a lot is hotel. When you're vacationing and you're spending your time in a hotel, at the end of the day, you go there and you stay in your room and you don't meet anybody else. You don't do anything but watch yep. television at a yep. campground. When the lights go down and it gets a little dark, that's when the campfires start and people start mingling and talking with each other and their neighbors and they get to meet other people and there's generally activities for the kids and things like that still into the night
0: Yeah, these And The thing is this, I don't care how long you've been camping, the smell of the campfire, the crackling of the wood, even if it's two campsites away. There's magic to that. Jim Rogers, the former CEO of KOA used to say, the magic is in the campfire. And it is. The yeah. magic's in the campfire. And when you see the eyes of people, when they're just staring at that fire and you got parents, grandparents, and kids all huddling around that fire, money can't. The hotels are great, but you can't beat that experience. And you want another beer? You're out of beer and somebody says, here, have a beer.
1: That's right. Or come over here and try this snack that we prepared.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. See, there's no, what do you call it? There's no job titles when you're camping. You can be a a banker, can be a high finance person. It could be a maintenance person. It could be a plumber. It could be an electrician. It could be a salesperson. Personally, I like parking next to plumbers and electricians because if I have anything wrong with my unit, they can fix it. The That's banker right. and the finding person are useless when it comes to fixing an RV. That's funny. But hey, and there might be people that are handy. I was just saying to my wife, can you still use the term handyman to to a person's business? And if you're a handyman, you know a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The RV lifestyle is great for you because you got a million things to do. So I get excited. I'm a little upset though, because we just put the RV away last Saturday and I won't get it out for either February or April, depending upon what we do. The beauty of work camping is that you can be in a situation where you don't have to put that RV away because October rolls around. You want to head for the Carolinas. Okay. December rolls around. You want to head to Florida
1: or Arizona yes?
0: or Arizona. April rolls around. You want to head to back up North again, follow the sun. Remember that wasn't the Beatles, but tomorrow may come. So I'll follow the sun. Something like that.
1: I can't remember.
0: Beatles song, follow the sun.
1: For the Camper Report, you recently interviewed somebody, I think it was at the Pennsylvania RV show, that was from Blue Water. And she talked about opportunities to work camp for them because they have multiple locations. Right. There are several companies out there, and you had mentioned KOA as being one of them, where if you get one job in one of their properties, you are almost guaranteed being hired to work at any other property that they might have. Could you talk about that a bit?
0: Yeah. The beauty of it is that Blue Water now is expanding. In fact, we met them. Here's how I met them. A couple of years ago, I was looking for a story to do for the Camp Report Show. And I saw that there was a campground in the Outer Banks that was offering free camping for that weekend for first responders. And I said, boy, that's a nice story. So I called up and found out it was Blue Water that managed the company, that managed that campground. But they had two properties in New England that I was aware of, but didn't know that they owned. which we just became friendly with them. And they were one of our sponsors. Them, along with Sun Outdoors, provided all the accommodations on the last trip. But when I met with Eva at the Pennsylvania, the Hershey Show, she had explained all the different states that the organization is in. Primarily, they started on the East Coast, but now they're down in Florida. They're out in the Midwest as well. But it's kind of like centralized HR, that if you're working at a company in an Ocean City, Maryland, one of their big parks in Ocean City, Maryland, when they close, they've got another one down in Florida that you can transfer. It's like the old days when companies transferred you and be working year-round. Or better than that, take a month off vacation before from point A to point B and camp then. And then when you pick up again at the new place, you're back on the payroll.
1: That's an excellent point. There are a lot of opportunities like that out there. And the work campers, work camper employers just want to keep their work campers. They're good ones, especially. And so you might someday, first job might be working as a camp host. Then the next summer you'll come back and you'll work in the retail store or you come back the next summer and you'll work at the restaurant or something to that. So there are plenty of varieties and many of these companies will even cross train work campers so that they have a lot of variety in their variety. jobs.
0: Yep. And that is another aspect of what I know Blue Water does is that you don't have to, if it's a couple of two people, you don't have to both be working. Just one has to work. But if both works, both of you get, you get paid for it. But you can arrange your schedule so that a husband and wife can work at the same time. The choice, the flexibility of hours and the flexibility of locations and the flexibility of duties really is the, the watch, the hallmark of work camping.
1: That's a good point. How can people connect with you, John, if they want to reach out to you or to listen to your shows?
0: If they have a question on anything that we didn't talk about, you can reach me via email at rvjohnd at gmail.com. Easy to remember, RV and then John D. Even rhymes, Greg, at gmail.com. Or they can watch our shows. Go to YouTube to the Camper Report Show, TCRS, the Camper Report Show, which comes out every Friday. And on Wednesday nights we do RVing in New England. Just go to Facebook, and, and all the old shows are archived. So if you're really bored and have nothing to do, just go to Facebook and binge watch our shows for a whole weekend. We've got seven. We've f- we've got about three hundred and fifty. For seven years, New England RV Dealers Association on Facebook, New England RV Dealers Association, so they can see us that way. Well,
1: I really appreciate you taking all this time to talk to us about RVing, and especially in encouraging work campers to do it now.
0: Oh, Don't absolutely. put it off. The new Don't. year
1: is starting here in a couple of weeks. Make it a resolution that this is the year we're going to do it now. We're stop going to stop, say, someday, and we're going to make someday yep. happen today
0: forget that coulda shoulda woulda
1: that's right that regret is a horrible thing
0: oh terrible terrible thank you for having much for having me on and appreciate it and bob zagami would be upset if i didn't mention his name several times so i will say that
1: we he's a great guy and we need to have him back on the show at some point too but thank you again and merry christmas happy new year and best wishes for a successful and memorable 2023
0: thanks so much greg we'll keep you posted
1: I really appreciate John DiPietro, the co-host of RVing in New England, and The Camper Report for coming on this show to talk about RVing and work camping. Although John was encouraging people to visit New England to get work camping jobs in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, or Rhode Island, he really advocated for people to get out and see the country and work at the many work camping jobs that are available. John said many people used higher gas prices as an excuse for not venturing out this summer. He addressed that concern by pointing out that a 1,000-mile RV trip will cost somewhere between $100 and $200 more for gas in 2023 than it did in 2019. Then John offered suggestions on ways RVers could recoup that money if necessary. John and I both know RVers who were forced off the road due to health problems, but by the time that happened, they already enjoyed the experiences and had the memories. Too many people keep putting off or even starting an RV lifestyle for a number of reasons and it's always assuming that they'll be able to start later. Unfortunately, when later arrives, they are sometimes too old or too infirm to really enjoy the experience. Rather than memories, those folks are left with regret. That was the central message to John's Do It Now tour that he did this summer with his wife. He's planning another one in 2023. You can see videos about John's trip on the New England RV Dealers Association's website at www.nervda.com. They'll be part of the RVing in New England episodes that were recorded this summer. People can also watch John and his co-host, Bob Zagami, on the Camper Report at www.camperreport.com. The videos for both shows are also available on YouTube. I wish John the best of luck as he plans his 2023 do-it-now tour. He hinted he might even visit my home state of Wisconsin. Either way, it should be a very memorable trip, and I encourage work campers to tune into John and Bob's shows because they are highly informative. Today's episode is sponsored by Workcamper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Workcamper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out how easy it is to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with a community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. That's all I have for this week's show. It's hard to believe we only have two more episodes in 2022. We have some wonderful interviews lined up and I'm not sure which ones will be published first, but I know they'll offer some great value and information. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Work Camper Show.